Welcome to Fictionary. I'm your host, Ditra, and I'm so glad that you're here and that you are you. If this is your first time, welcome, fam, and I hope that you enjoy. So this week, I am sipping on a very simple infused uh, water. Um, It's just lemon and ginger. It's been super hot outside, and I'm just trying to stay healthy and hydrated over here. I did get uh, a little bit of uh, dehydration. I ventured out into the super hot this weekend. It was like 100 degrees, and um, I went to the farmer's market, which was very eventful. I picked up this coconut passion fruit simple syrup by Simply Bella's. It's a Jersey-owned company that creates these amazing simple syrups um, using New Jersey produce. And uh, this is my first purchase, but they came highly recommended from a friend. So I thought I would uh, try them out. So you can check out my social media this week to see what creation I make using this uh, passion fruit coconut simple syrup. I'm thinking something frozen just because I want to use this blender more. Uh, My new ninja. Oh yeah. Um, But in addition to going to the farmer's market, I also did like a family day and we, I went and hung out with my nephews and my sister and brother and the kids played in the backyard. And again, it was like a hundred degrees outside, but whatever, it was fun. We were in the water, but it was a lot. So I'm just trying to rehydrate my body here. Okay, guys. The secret to my youthful skin is making sure that I'm constantly hydrated. So I need to drink all of the water. Moisturize me. And if you know what reference that is, then we could be friends. Um, Anyway, this week I have been on a Korean drama kick. And if you know me at all, then you know one of my favorite things to watch are Korean dramas. It's been years now. My friend uh, Helen introduced me to the world of Korean dramas with the show uh, Boys Over Flowers and then uh, my lovely Kim Samsoon. And ever since then, I have been hooked. I think I speak Korean. I'm not going to try because I don't want to embarrass myself, but I do understand some stuff. Um, Anyway, there are some super good shows out right now. I just finished um, this one drama called Eve, and I have to say it was probably the most satisfying revenge tale I have ever seen. Um, It was just so good, and like everything was wrapped up nicely, and it was just great. The revenge, it was just chef's kiss. And the lead actress, she's amazing. and it was just fun watching her like dole out punishment while dressed in like this beautiful elegant couture gowns and i don't know anyway she's my official girl crush right now Uh, the other drama that I'm really into is called Yumi Cells, Yumi's Cells, and it's based on this long-running webtoon that I actually read and loved. And I just love the translation to the screen. The drama is so smart, and it's funny, and it's heartwarming, and it's like so. Just a little description. So Yumi is like uh, she's in her 30s. She's just like early 30s, and uh, her cells like so she has like her the cells that define her so like her love cell her pride cell her uh and they all have personalities and they're like these little um characters in her mind so like you'll see Yumi interacting with somebody and then it'll flash to what's going on in her mind and I just love it it's super smart and as I'm watching it I feel like I'm seeing the the inner workings of my own mind like it's 
it's crazy how well it's done. And I don't know, it's just this really clever and it's fun. So these are two shows I definitely recommend. There's another show called um, Our Blues and that's on Netflix right now and it's really good. Um, A lot of people have been raving about it. I started it and I'm enjoying it as well. Um, So those are the top three Korean dramas. I go through phases. Sometimes I don't feel like reading (laughs) what I'm watching. And since I, even though I think I'm fluent in Korean and I'll walk away from the TV and then have to come back and rewind and I'll walk away because I think I know what's happening. Um, but I don't speak Korean as much as I like to think I do. So um, sometimes I don't feel like reading to watch TV. I just want to like listen. Um, So that's when I'm not on a Korean drama kick. But right now I don't mind the reading. So I'm watching as many as I can. (laughs) Um, But anyway, speaking of shows, um, don't forget to click the link in my bio to follow me on the Versus Game app. That's V-E-R-S-U-S-G-A-M-E. And um, each week I host a new game and I've been doing a lot of Netflix questions. So if you think you know a lot and you think you're good at knowing what shows are going to come out on top on the the list um, then you definitely want to play along with me i've been having a lot of fun with the questions having some interaction with people and it's a good time so click the link in my bio anyway we're not going to keep talking for much longer we're going to continue on with our story that we started last week um it's a novel that i'm working on i'm going to be serializing it on kindle vela and i'm super excited about it um that'll be probably releasing during the break um which as a reminder, uh, the last episode for this season will be on August the 2nd, Tuesday, August 2nd, um, will be the last episode for season two. And then we will be back on September 6th. So during that time, I'll still be having some episodes for you guys. Um, there'll be compilation episodes of some of the stories, the 100 word stories that we've written, I've written. And, um, the idea is to group them together. So it'll be like zombie stories or superhero stories, love stories, like that kind of thing, like grouped together. So there'll be a few of them, um, for each episode during that, um, period. Um, there'll be shorter episodes, no talking, just stories. Um, but hopefully you guys will enjoy that. And I'll also be still being very active on social media. So make sure to follow and subscribe. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all of the social medias. I have them all. (laughs) So you can follow Fictionary underscore podcast and that way you can keep up with what's happening. I'll still be sharing drinks and things like that. So make sure to follow guys um, and like and share. Uh, But anyway, let's go ahead and get into our story. Uh, Again, we're going to be continuing on with the story from last week. This is called Stalkers Are Us. And if you enjoy, you'll be able to check it out soon on Kindle Vela to get the full story. All right. Why don't you sit back, relax, and enjoy. Stalkers are us. I mentioned earlier that I'm a bit of a psychic. This little detail is actually really important to my story. Since I was a little girl, I have had dreams and sometimes visions of things to come. They aren't always specific, but they always give me a general idea of something coming down the pipeline. For instance, when I was five, I kept having a dream of me riding my very own pony. She was white and had a pink mane and tail. I had the dream every night for weeks but I never told anyone, not even my mom and dad. Then one day, my dad came home with a giant box for me. 
He said it was a special surprise. In my heart of hearts, I knew it was a pony. My five-year-old mind hadn't yet worked out the size ratio of an actual pony, so it seemed perfectly logical that there was a real live pony in that box. I opened it excitedly, and there before me was a wooden carousel horse. My father had painted it a brilliant white and given it a beautiful mane of bright pink hair and a tail with ribbons in it. He had built wooden rockers for it in his shop so that she moved just like one of those old-fashioned rocking chair horses, only she was much cooler. I named her Unico, just like in my dreams. She wasn't fully unicorn, just a descendant of unicorns, hence the name. That was the first time I remember something like this happening. It wasn't the last though. Through the years, I have continued to have these dreams and visions, some with more accuracy than others. I've also learned to read them a little better. Adult me would have known there was no way there was a real horse that looked like Unico. Five-year-old me had a different perspective, so it was easier to make a mistake in judgment. Beyond the dreams and visions, I have a really good feel for people. It usually activates through touch. Although I am able to get a rate read if someone is really broadcasting. I can't quite read people's minds, but I can usually sense their intentions. This isn't something I talk about with a lot of people. In fact, only my mother and my best friend Sandy know about it. It's not that I'm ashamed of it, but it's not something the world needs to know. I'm not interested in being kidnapped X-Files style and studied by the government. Also, it tends to be hell on my relationships. I probably haven't ever been in love because I have the ability to see through all of the BS. Back to my first meeting with Steven. For literally a whole week before Hiroshima of my heart, I had a recurring dream. In the dream, I was walking towards Sandy's and it would light up. And the light was so blinding that I would stop, frozen in place, staring into the light. And as soon as I would regain movement, a plane would fall out of the sky and crush. I had this dream every night for a week before my first encounter with Steven. If that isn't foretelling, I don't know what is. I knew something big was going to happen at Sandy's. I just didn't know it was going to be this. I was ready for it though. I wasn't sure if it was going to be good or bad, so I prepared as soon as I started having the dream. If Steven had gotten a deeper glimpse into my purse, he would have found a pair of solar eclipse glasses, super strength sunblock, a taser, a high frequency emergency whistle, and my Radio City Red lipstick. You can't do a whole lot if a plane is going to crush you, but like I said, I've learned not to take the dreams in their most literal sense. The lipstick is always there because no matter what happens, I want to look amazing. This was only my first vision regarding Steven and I should have taken it as a sign that the road ahead of me was not going to be easy. After meeting him, I became a little crazy. Okay, maybe a lot crazy depending on your gauge of measurement. I had never felt this way before and all I could think about was seeing him again. My once daily trips to Sandy's became two to three visits, plus the occasional walk by. I had no idea where to go or how I could possibly see him again. My only hope was that he would show his face again at Sandy's, religiously. For about a week and a half this went on, I would come up with any reason I could think of to visit Sandy's. Our office assistant wanted coffee. No big deal, I got it. Meeting with a client. Well, we definitely needed coffee for that. Three o'clock blues, coffee time. <laughs> Low step count for the day, time to take a quick walk. Suffice to say, the staff at Sandy's, including my best friend who happens to be the owner of the shop, knew something was up. Not only that, I was so hyped up on caffeine, I wasn't sleeping at night. The only 
This only left more time to come up with creative ways to meet Steven. I was a woman gone mad. Sitting here stuck on his balcony, I can see this is probably where I should have talked to someone about how I was feeling. Instead, I held it in like Gollum and his precious This was my precious. And I wasn't about to let anyone poo-poo all over it. Not even my best friend, Sandy. When she asked me what was up, I lied and said I was under a lot of pressure at work. Normally, I tell her everything, but for some reason, this felt untouchable. It was mine and mine alone. I didn't want to share Steven with anyone, not even my little cupcake, Sandy. After about a week and a half of going to the coffee shop as many times as I could in each day, it finally happened. On my third exodus of the day, something caught my eye at one of the newsstands I pass regularly. There, on the cover of Gossip World Weekly, was the clone Barbie and a man whose face was unclear thanks to a strategically placed arm. I knew right away that it had to be Steven. My dream this morning of Steven walking through a door toward me and waving seemed to be on point. Only he wasn't waving at me, he was trying to hide his face. I usually don't place much stock in these trashy magazines, but desperate, desperate times call for desperate measures. I quickly bought the magazine and flipped to the page with the short article about them. Fashion flirt. British billionaire tech nerd Steven Erickson caught with his hands in the cookie jar. After being brought on staff at Angelica's Whisper for a top secret project, he's been spotted out and about with several of the company's models, the latest being the sultry German Anka Summer. They've been spotted together several times in the last few weeks, though both deny any romantic dalliance. The pictures of them at the four-play lounge beg to differ. The two seemed pretty cozy on the dance floor and exiting the trendy spot hand in hand. No need to whisper, we can hear you both loud and clear. My hands were shaking as I finished the quick read. My true love wasn't just a regular guy. What had once seemed like a challenge now seemed like the final level of weeds versus dead things impossible. I thought the hardest thing was going to be finding him again. Now that I knew where to start looking, I felt overwhelmed by all of the potential roadblocks. The least important issue being that he apparently has a thing for Uber models. I'm short. Five foot two to be exact. I have an insane amount of wildly curly hair that I have given to Seed and I'm chubby. Sandy says that I'm voluptuous, but I'm a little more honest with myself. I'm chubby, fluffy, chunky, fatabulous, or whatever you want to call it. Bottom line is, I am definitely not supermodel status. Don't get me wrong. I'm comfortable in my own skin. I love being naked, and I actually like my extra layers. To all those people say skinny tastes better than anything, they must have never had a donut from Pandora's. I'm realistic though. Everyone has preferences and if he prefers supermodel sleek, he might not appreciate all of my gloriousness. I always imagined if, a, if and when I met my true love, he would be as into me as I was into him. I couldn't deny that I had sensed attraction coming from him. Even after I swallowed the fly, who coincidentally I have named Gomer, I might not have worried so much if not for the next problem. The biggest issue is that he's working for Angelica's Whisper. Why is that a big deal, you ask? Six years ago, I started my own lingerie company, Royal Rose. I was sick of going to buy cute bras and panties and either A, not finding anything in my size, or B, having to spend ridiculous sums of money getting poor quality, poor fitting, and sometimes painful torture devices. My bra size is 38F. I bet you didn't even know that size existed. It does, and despite the popular myth that stores like Angelica's Whisper perpetrate, there are a lot of women with larger sized breasts. And guess what? They don't all want to wear plain white or tan grandma bras. After getting stabbed for the last time by broken underwire, 
I decided to start making my own boss. I didn't have a lot of experience in the area of design. In fact, zero experience, but I was determined. I hooked up with Trevor, a friend from college who was struggling to make it in the fashion industry. I told him my idea and we became partners. We spent months researching and testing before we had our first prototype. I never imagined we would grow from the days trapped in the living room of my small one bedroom apartment to running a successful company. I just wanted a bra that fit, was pretty and comfortable, and wasn't priced at Rumpelstiltskin's type rates. Within three years of opening our web store, we grew tremendously. Word of mouth and bloggers gave our company legs. We really blew up in our second year when a popular internet store, Diva Divine, posted a video raving about our bras. The video went viral within 48 hours and is closing in on Opa Gangnam Style for the most views on YouTube. The video is actually pretty hilarious. While she was giving a review, random singing and humming would interrupt her spiel. She kept looking around until she realized it was coming from inside of her shirt. Her breasts were so happy with our bra that they wouldn't shut up. She proceeded to have a full-blown diva off with her boobs. Weird, but it worked. We actually bought her on staff after the success of the video. She heads up our social marketing team. From that moment on, we just had to hold on and figure out how to keep up with the crazy momentum. It's been a challenge, but it's honestly the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. Turns out, while my gift sucks for personal relationships, it makes me a shark when it comes to business. I don't haggle. I say what I want, and I wait until you agree. There's always a little give and take, but people tend to really broadcast when they're negotiating. Their vases say one thing, but behind the mask, their minds are screaming. It makes it easy to decide when to drop something or to keep pushing. I get pricing on materials that no one else can. I've made business connections that would blow your mind. We have celebrity endorsements coming out of the wazoo. We even got free commercial advertising during the Super Bowl last year. Queen B decided she wanted us to design supportive but blinged out bralette tops for her and her dancers. In all of her post-performance interviews, she raved about our work. Trevor, a devotee of the Beehive, was obviously slain by the opportunity to design for the Queen Bee. We're moving up in this world. We moved out of my tiny apartment and now own an amazing workshop with offices. We purchased an old warehouse in the meatpacking district and converted it into our home base. It was a complete still in one of the most popular areas in the city. Another perk of my gift. I happened to be waiting for a meeting with our realtor when an older woman with purple ombre hair came in and sat next to me. I didn't even have to touch her. She was broadcasting grief so strongly that I almost started crying from the strength of her emotion. I felt it so intensely that I wanted to comfort her. We began a conversation and I learned that her name was Myrtle and she was one badass woman. Myrtle was in mourning over the loss of her husband of almost 50 years, Henry. They met the summer of 1969 on the road to Woodstock. Myrtle was hitchhiking her way to the festival to escape her less than idyllic life in Ohio. Henry, an all-American football star, was looking to release some of the angst he felt upon receiving a draft letter for the war in Vietnam. He took his brother's baby blue VW van and hit the road. About halfway to his destination, he picked up Myrtle. The rest is history. They fell madly in love and sealed their rest relationship with an impromptu wedding ceremony officiated by a hippie. He left her everything. 
including an old cosmetics warehouse in the meatpacking district. Her greedy children were currently trying to have her committed to their care so that they could take control of their father's wealth. Myrtle was having none of that and decided to liquidate all of her assets and hop on a cruise around the world with her little dog, MacArthur. The only thing left was to get rid of the warehouse. I told her that I was actually looking for a large facility for my company in that area. Get this, Myrtle sold me the building for one dollar. Her only stipulation was that I give her the first bra and panty set we made from our new home with a matching set from MacArthur. Weird, right? The rest, as they say, is history. Royal Rose has grown from a two-person operation to a company that employs over 150 people. Which brings me back to Steven. The fact that Steven is working for Angelica's Whisper is a huge no-no. I honestly don't consider our company to be in competition with Angelica's Whisper. Well, we both manufacture women's lingerie, we serve completely different, different demographics. Angelica's Whisper caters to the members of the Itty Bitty Titty Committee. Here at Royal Rose, we look out for the girls with the tiggle bitties. The executives at Angelica seem to disagree and have seriously been coming for our company in the last year. It's comical on a Looney Tunes level. They're the coyote and we're the roadrunner. They keep coming up with ridiculous plots that almost succeed but usually wind up backfiring on them. Truthfully, this is another instance where my gift has come in handy. We've been able to avoid attempts at hostile takeovers, industry spies, and sabotage. One would think that finding out that Steven worked for a company that wanted to ruin my business would put a damper on my crush. One would be wrong. Instead of cooling my desire, it only fanned the flame. Truthfully, I think I blacked out the part where we were likely corporate enemies and focused instead on the fact that I knew where he was. When the realization fully dawned on me, I stuffed the tabloid into my purse and rushed back to my office. The first thing on my agenda was a little Google date with Mr. Steven Erickson. The end for now. Bum, bum, bum. All right, guys, so I hope that you have enjoyed so far. I am enjoying this story myself, and uh, you know, it will be going up on Kindle Vela soon, so you can be on the lookout for the rest of the story. Um, let me know what you guys think. Anyway, um, have a wonderful week. Until next time, keep on reading. <laughs>